Welcome to issue 116 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here, we take a good look at the most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and the various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. I am one of your hosts, Steve, and joining me tonight is Daniel. Hi, Daniel. Hello. Whoa, you okay there? Oh, yeah, I just drank this weird liquid. Sorry. I'm okay now. Oh, I'm okay now. (laughs) Okay. I'm fine. fine. Uh, And joining us is Mike. Mike, how's it going? He looks fine. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to tell, you know. My my brow is so much larger and protruding. Hmm. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, well, before we figure out what's going on with Daniel, Mike, uh, what's on your mind tonight? Oh, what's on my mind? Actually, the listeners should know this because we said it last time. We had a contest, a contest <gasps> where you fine listeners sent in way more than we expected, and so much of it was good. We we thought we'd share more. This was the contest where we wanted to know either how Vision and Valkyrie were terrible people, or how Ultron and Enchantress are wonderful people and really the true heroes of this story. So we got a, a couple of the, what is this, uh, the runners-up, so we say? Yeah, these were just entries from folks that were really great, honorable mentions, that didn't make it to the finals, but still, I mean, they, I don't, they're all so good, it was hard to hard to choose so they are worthy of praise and song we couldn't not give a shout out yes correct all right here's the first one vision oh man this being walked away from his own creator who is just trying to bring peace to the world all because ultron rightly saw that humanity was the problem ultron even called him his vision of a perfect world what high praise that was supposed to be and if that wasn't enough vision goes inside with the avengers of all people it wasn't enough to just walk away from Ultron's plan. He had to go inside with the do-gooders and actively fight against the one who had made him. Horrible, hey? Horrible All true. Guy. All true. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Valkyrie? Oh, she's cold-hearted. She gets to take those who died valiantly to Valhalla. But who is she to get to decide who is deserving and who is not? What becomes of those to whom she says, no, not you? Does she even care about the people she retrieves or claims to fight for on Earth? No. All very good questions. Yes. And that was sent in by somebody named Z Dent. Thanks, Z Dent. Awesome stuff. Those are yeah. great. Yeah. Daniel, are we yeah. going to talk about some uh, cold hearted beings who walk away from the, their vision of a perfect world? Or what are, what are we doing tonight, Daniel? What are we doing? Well, Steve, you tasked me with talking about Mr. Hyde. Oh, okay. Now, fellas. How happy do you think that I am, that I, a humble and lowly English teacher, finally get an opportunity to discuss a literary figure? I mean, I think you are I, so excited you volunteered to do this story. I, I think, you know what? You're right. Now that you, you remind me, that's true. I mean, I don't really know why we're talking about Robert, Robert Louis Stevenson's classic short novel, which is, of course, a novella to the literati on this podcast. But hey, you know, I'm not going to ask questions, right? I mean, I'm just going to take advantage of the few opportunities given to me. All right, so here goes, guys. A deep dive into Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, published in 1886. So, the story follows the investigations of one Gabriel Utterson, a friend to the respectable and somewhat famous Dr. Henry Jekyll, 
and the good doctor's potential involvement with a dastardly villain who goes by the name of Edward Hyde. Now, I personally, I've always considered the book more of like a treatise on human psychology and the id rather than something like a, you know, akin to like a thriller or a horror story. I mean, though it does have its gripping okay. moments. Uh, Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. What? Daniel. What? What? I think you've fallen into the same trap that I fell into. Um, Marvel. Marvel. What? Not, what not you mean, 1886. You, you, you told me to talk about Mr. Hyde. I, yeah, really I was, I was pretty about. invested, Steve. Uh, yeah, me too. But I mean, we're supposed to be talking about the Mr. Hyde, Calvin Zabo of of Marvel fame, what? not not literary. Oh, you know, that history. Mr. Hyde. Yeah, that one. I know it's oh. easy to miss. There's only four cards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh well, that guy's kind of a one note loser, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> okay, all right. Um, Do your best, okay? Yeah, I mean, I was really kind of steeped in the whole. I, I've read that book 27 times this week to get ready for this. Oh. All right, so I'll try to... Sorry, sorry about that. Uh, no, it's fine. It's a great book. I'm glad I did it, but... Okay, i got to get out of my Victorian mindset and head over here to Marvel Comic Land. All right, well... Okay, I first encountered this guy. You said Calvin Zabo or Zabo, right? Yeah. So I first encountered him on the show Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, he was portrayed by sort of a, a manic Kyle McLaughlin from, you know... um. Twin Peaks fame. Um, however, it didn't take long to realize that that character is almost nothing like the comic book villain who's the one in our game, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. That's a bummer because I will say that the show's version is a more interesting, more complex, and his motivations are much more clear than the psychotic butthole that runs around in the comic universe. Um, oh can I say psychotic butthole, Steve? I can't remember. You've if that's... said it twice now, so I guess you okay. can. <laughs> My apologies to the wee ones in the listening land. So our villain, Mr. Hyde, is the alter ego of the mad scientist, Dr. Calvin Zabo, like you said. Sort of a morally bankrupt piece of crap who basically robs everyone he works for until his resume looks too suspicious for anyone to get, to get any more jobs. Um, <laughs> it's like, hey, Dr. Zabo, it seems like... Everywhere you go, they get robbed. Coincidence? And he's like, sure, until he can't say that anymore because everyone left has been robbed by him. So anyway, <laughs> but one thing that is cool about his story is that it is actually firmly rooted in that novel that I was more interested in discussing before you guys so rudely interrupted me. Sorry. No, that. Sorry. So, yeah, no worries. You have a job to do. I understand. So. He actually reads the novella in the comic, and he's like, hey, I could totally make that formula, and I could totally unleash my bestial human nature under the world. Mike, why do you think he wants to do that? Why wouldn't you? That's because basically it. Because he can. He can. Nice, nice job. Yes, because he can. So he creates the Hyde formula. I, I should say, I, oh, I don't want to interrupt, but please. that's the reason my kids do most of the things they do. <laughs> You know, fair. Right? fair. Like, why did you do that? Uh, I don't know. Because, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it does go along with the book's theme of just sort of like this wandering, like, moronic id tooling around the neighborhood and stepping on children and stuff. But anyway, so he creates the Hyde formula and he picks his first fight with Thor, like you do. Uh, it goes pretty poorly for Mr. Hyde. And this is going to set a theme, guys. There's going to be sort of his life is 
kind of one long punch in the face after another. Anyway, he goes away to lick his wounds and to find other like-minded jerks to help him get revenge on Thor. Um, so I guess one of the kinds of compelling things about Hyde is like the sheer number of evil organizations he's a part of since his first appearance in 1963. He's, I guess, you know, he's like a, he's a handy villain probably, I suppose, for the comic writers. He's not gonna, he's not gonna upstage like the real baddie of the show. And he's definitely a threat to those around him, um, especially civilians, turns out. Um, so we have him in our game because he eventually partners up with The Hood. In fact, that's where he comes from, right, Steve? Yep. yep. Okay. Now, but that's a pretty recent employer for him. He started his career with Cobra, who fired him because he was kind of too kooky. He then worked with a guy named Batroc to get revenge on Cobra, but that backfired when Batroc betrayed him. So wait, he wait. goes off to this Batroc, Is this Batroc the Leaper? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My yeah. favorite jumping guy. Okay, go on. Sorry, didn't mean to I'm glad that I'm actually glad that you have a favorite jumping guy. Yeah, you have to have a favorite jumping guy, right? I mean Yeah. Okay, never mind. Fa- go on. A favorite <laughs> leaper. All yeah. right. So he goes off to jail and he's gonna spend much of his his um, comic book time in jail and getting out of jail and whatever. Anyway, somewhat interestingly, it's at this point when things could have changed for Dr. Zabo. So he's tired of getting beat up. He's, he's like thinking, you know what? I'm ready to give it all up. And he's got this serum that he made, but that if he takes it, he will go back to being a normal human forever. And his like hide formula will no longer work on. Him, right. Just as he's about to drink it, Daredevil shows up and kicks his ass. Well, that seals the deal, and Zabo goes all permanent hide from then on out. So maybe we can't blame him. I don't know. Daredevil. Uh, Daredevil. Just like, seriously, like, out of nowhere. Ruins everything. Yeah. He smelled him. That's how he tracked him down. And looking at him, I'm guessing, like, he's odiferous on some level. Anyway, okay. So, so... After that, he works for all manner of villains and villainous organizations. Can you guys name a couple? Who do you think he works for? Masters of Evil. Nailed it. Mike? The Thunderbolts. Yes, he's on the beta team of the Thunderbolt. Anyone else? Oh, he made beta? He made beta. Well, <laughs> come on. Let's be honest. Uh, Sinister Six? Not that I saw. Okay. I'm trying to think of evil groups. Have you ever heard of the Lethal Legion, Steve? Yes, they go up against Black Order. Oh. oh. Nice. Yeah. He was also in the Army of Evil. Okay. Unaware of that one. That one guy, who, what's is it? Um, Zemo makes that one up. Okay. And then finally, the last we know, he's worked for something called the Ravencroft Institute, where they try to get him back into being just sort of a scientist and a doctor, genius person, um, while being monitored. So he has run-ins with almost every hero in the Marvel Universe. That was that was a cool thing that I, I, that I saw. It's like... And then he then he got beat up by Spider Man, and then he got beat up by Daredevil, and then so over and over, right? So he's now, a punching bag. God, is he ever? He oh, exists to be something to punch. Yeah, it's kind of sad. So, oh, poor guy. Um, his story is actually kind of one of constant defeat, and you know the only joyful thing that I could find about his story, you know what it is, guys? He was invited to Absorbing Man and Titania's wedding. Oh, oh yeah. Was it like a groomsman? No, it just said he was a guest, I think. Okay. No, I don't, but, I don't know if there was a groomsman at that wedding. Yeah, I don't. But he was there. Um, so I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't think he ever felt much joy in his endeavors. He spent a ton of time in jail, or he's at least sequestered somewhere. His unrelenting quest for revenge for, like, petty and not-so-petty slights. Uh, 
basically characterizes his motivation in the comics. So, did I love him? No, I didn't. I didn't really. There's, there's not a lot to him in the comic book universe. I will say, though, um, that his comic book character does capture what I think are the central themes of the original story that it's based on. Um, you know, the novel explores the idea of good and evil and how each individual possesses those traits to some degree. Like, and it, the central question of the novel is, well, what happens if you separate these two halves and you can act, and you can act without like accountability? So Stevenson in the novel, he suggests that the freedom to do evil and make mischief would eventually consume us. The freedom simply too intoxicating to resist. And I think that's true of the comic book character, right? He, he can't stop taking the formula until it's permanently him. Now, fellas, I don't know if I've been too harsh on Mr. Hyde, but his story in the comics, it's focused almost entirely on the exploits of Dr. Z Zabo's villainous alter ego. And so, you know, I would just say, like, without the light, the dark's too overwhelming. There are no shadows. There's nothing to explore. Duality, gentlemen, duality is the bedrock upon which all human experience is built. It's what gives us our understanding of the universe. And I'm not sure the comics explore that so much, but maybe our game does capture the duality between Dr. Zabo and Mr. Hyde. So perhaps we should start talking about these cards. But do you have any questions? What did you guys think? I mean, what do you know that I don't know? You guys know tons that I don't know. What did I miss? I know nothing about Mr. Hyde. Mm. Nothing. Yeah, I did watch the Agents of Shield, and you're right. He's he's you know an interesting character in that. So yeah, and I honestly didn't realize he was the same character as this set of cards until you had brought it up. So well, I don't know that Agents of Shield. I mean, I'm only on season three. I don't think they ever refer to him as Mr. Hyde, but he they do call him Cal. And he definitely drinks a little formula that he's made to be yep. and then he an out-of-control Hulk-type figure. Yep. Oh, yeah. It's so it's there, clearly there. I'm not sure they say Mr. Hyde ever. Yeah. Uh, that was good, though, Daniel. Thanks. Thank you, guys. It was nice to, you know, be able to read a book again. It was good for you to tie that into the actual book. Well, the comics did it for me, to be honest. I mean, that's his backstory. He reads the book. It's like, I could do that. So... <laughs> Like this isn't fiction. Yeah. Let's talk about the cards. We have four cards, four by title. This is out of the hood pack, and it is ranked number six out of nine difficulty. So, it, so it's kind of tricksy. Yeah, it's higher up on the scale out of the, these hood cards. So it should, mm. you know, let's see if it proves uh, a, a bit of a challenge. So, Tanya, why don't you uh, why don't you read both versions of the Man of the Hour? You know what, Steve? I'd rather Mike read one and you read the other. It's like there's no rules. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think it's only it's only fair that um, that I read the one with the hair. <laughs> so, Steve, why don't you read Bald Calvin Zabo? I will do so, but I'm disgruntled. <laughs> Calvin Zabo is a unique minion with a three scheme, one attack. Four hit points. He's elite and masters of evil. When revealed, if Mr. Hyde is in play, discard this card. Mr. Hyde attacks you with plus two attack. That attack gains overkill. Okay. When defeated, search the encounter deck and discard pile for Mr. Hyde and put him into play engaged with the player who was engaged 
with Calvin Zabo, one boost icon. All right, there's a lot there, but I think we got to read both of them and then yep. look at them together. Sure, sounds right. good. All right, Mr. Hyde is a minion with reverse stats. He has one scheme, three attack, 10 hit points. He is also elite and masters of evil, but he is also a brute. Oh my gosh, we have another brute, gentlemen. Yes. When revealed, if Calvin Zabo is engaged with a player, discard Calvin Zabo, Mr. Hyde engages that player. Give Mr. Hyde a tough status card and deal one damage to each hero and ally in play. Whoa! Three boost icons. He's beast. These two cards seem a little bit confusing. Let's work through like the mechanics. Like what happens if okay in the different situations. So if neither of them are in play and one comes out. Okay, so Calvin Zabo comes out. Okay, and nothing else is out yet. Yeah. Okay, Calvin Zabo comes out. Mr. And we would do the when revealed if Mr. Hyde is in play, but he's not. Okay. Nothing happens. Zabel just stays in play with me, right? So he's a weenie. Okay. Right. But then you beat him up and you kill him. And he goes, shoot. Yeah. Then you what? Then you go and find Mr. Hyde and put him into play with whoever Zabel was engaged Correct. with. Correct. That's right. He gets mad, drinks his potion, and comes back for more. Okay. So then you end okay. up with Mr. Hyde. <laughs> yeah. Search the encounter deck and discard pile. Right. In other games, we have seen shenanigans that remove cards from the game. Maybe put them in the victory display or do something like that. If those cards were ever to exist, that would whiff. There is a way that it could whiff if you have if there are multiple encounter cards face down that have been dealt to people, right? Right. So Star Lord can get away with it. Or a multiplayer game, maybe you know the Next player around the circle has a card engaged with them. Or if you've been dealt a bonus boost card, um, yeah, like okay. on the attachments off of Brothers Grimm that do that or whatever, they, they deal out encounter cards in some way. Um, so one of my favorite things about these two cards is that Mr. Hyde is unavoidable because the way they have set it up, like it could be if they didn't set up the way they did, Calvin Zabo shows up with you and you just leave him in front of you. Like, just stay in a hero mode. He hits you for one, whatever, right? Right. Because clearly Mr. Hyde is awful. <laughs> but they've got it in such a way that you'll you'll have to deal with Mr. Hyde at some point. Yes, they do. Either either he comes out first anyway, or you're doing that thing where you're just trying to, like, wait for, you know, wait out Zabo or whatever, and he becomes him. It's great. Yep, it is. And it Mr. Is. Hyde is badass. One damage to each hero and ally in play. Wow. Yeah. Let, let's let's go back to our scenario. So oh, go ahead. Neither card is in play yet. Okay. And Mr. Hyde is revealed now. Right. And Zabo's not out. So when revealed, if Zabo is engaged with the player, discard Calvin Zabo. That's the cost, and then the effect is to do the special thing. But if Zabo's not out and you draw Hyde by himself, nothing happens, right? No. Uh, you, you give him that a tough incorrect. status card. You still give him a tough, and he hits everybody. Well, wait. It's not, it, if Calvin Zabo is engaged with the player, you discard Zabo and give him to, and to hide. Okay, right, and then, there's a period. then there's a period. And so then no matter what, you'll give Mr. Hyde a tough status and deal damage to everybody. Okay, hold on, though. Okay. We've got an arrow here that we have to worry about, right? But that arrow is just to get make sure that Mr. Hyde... Everything to the left of the arrow is the cost. And if you can't pay... Cost. You know, you have to pay... You pay the cost on the left side of the arrow and resolve everything to the right of the arrow. Isn't that true? Oh, I see what you're saying. Are you saying so if Zabo's not even in play, this card just goes discard? No, he just comes out. He just comes into play. Oh, the cost but... is discard Zabo, and if you don't discard Zabo, nothing happens. 
I don't think that has anything to do with the tough status and the damage, does it? This might need a, a rules clarification, because my thought would be that if, if they wanted the cost to be the rest of it, they would have said, then give Mr. Hyde a tough status card. Because that would get rid of all ambiguity. Yeah, I think I think he gets after the period no matter what. Hmm. The left of the arrow is just in case Zabo's out. Gee, I hope a Steve from the future added something in right here. Okay, listeners, I am here from the future, as Mike suggested. I did some research. I talked to some people who know know things. Um, I even spoke with Dr. Calvin Zabo himself. And the yes, the rule is on Mr. Hyde, if you cannot do the the stuff to the left of the arrow, you do not do any of the items to the right of the arrow. Even though there are multiple sentences, it's all the same. So if Hyde comes out, and Calvin isn't there. He doesn't get the tough. He doesn't get to do the damage. Uh, he doesn't like explode out unexpectedly, I guess. So there you go. And I'm out. Thanks, future Steve. Well, that's a little disappointing, hey? <laughs> I mean, I guess it does incentivize the players, like you said, Daniel, to kill Calvin Zabo. Yep. That's bringing out the hide. So there, there's some good in that. It does give those leadership characters there's a little bit of a boost, though. Squirrel Girl will live one more day. Damn it. Just when I thought I had a very clear understanding of a rule in this game. Oh, it's agonizing. just that big enough, right? Like, they could have worded but it differently. That's got to be the strongest minion of the game, right? I know I've said that about 12 other times in an earlier podcast. I mean, health, but health-wise, without being like a... Um, without being Ronin. Yeah, I mean, the sleeper... The sleeper uh, there, right. There's a few that are per player. But straight sure. stats that aren't per player. Because a solo, this guy is massive. Yeah. Yeah. And tough. Wow. And he is a little schemy in the book, so it's good. I'm glad he has some smarts. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, yeah. in the book, he's kind of conniving and sneaky. Um, yeah, and the three boost. I just love that his card is so much better. You know what I mean? Like. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the addition of Brute Classic. I like that But if you draw Calvin Zabo, he hits you for five. Like, if you have Mr. Hyde in play, you're, you yes. draw Calvin Zabo. Mr. Hyde attacks you for five, and that's with after... With overkill. With overkill, and that's after the villain and Mr. Hyde have already attacked you. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it's the timing that makes that combo really, <laughs> really hit. <laughs> Squirrel Girl's not going to save you now, heroes. <laughs> no, you're going to be trump blocking with the, uh, someone you want to keep. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you're revealing Hyde, so you're doing the damage... Then you're doing the attack, right? Because you get revealed, oh, yeah. <laughs> you get revealed before you before you attack. Like, yeah. Theme wise, this is my thought on it: is if Calvin's out and he's like hanging out, and people are like, oh, he's just a regular scientist, and they're like hanging out around him and stuff like that, and then he becomes Mister Hyde. He like goes crazy and hits everybody. And nobody expects it, so he's right there, and he like does all this collateral damage as he like explodes into Mister Hyde. That's what okay. I was thinking. And then if he's not there, you see him coming. Because, like, oh, there he is over there as Hyde. He was never Zabo or Kelvin. I wish yeah. I knew which way to say his name. All right, but there are a couple more cards here. Mr. Hyde can really one. obliterate your team. It gets better, Daniel. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Well, I made mention of the Hyde formula, and that's a treachery in this, in this small modular set. When revealed, if Calvin Zabo is in play, he schemes with plus three scheme. Then he takes four damage. Hey, how much health does he have? Why, Mike, it's funny you ask. He has four. 
Oh, look at that. If Mr. Hyde is in play, give him a tough status card and he attacks you. Even if you are in alter ego form. Oh. If neither's in play, this card gains surge and it has one boost. Oh, I love uh, this card. I wish there were 12 of them in the deck. This <laughs> card is so freaking amazing. And it has such a piss poor boost icon. It has what? to. The rest of it's so It good. has to. Yeah, it's too baller. But, oh. Actually, it should just say boost re- resolve the when revealed effect of this card. Yes. Yeah. Yes, but, it should. We'll get to that. Yeah. Oof. It's yeah, plus three. He's scheming for six. Like that's that's crazy. Yeah, and he just does it, right? Yeah, he just does it. So like, so rules wise, I'm in hero mode, and Calvin Zabo is in front of me, right? Yeah. Okay. He still schemes for six, right? Yeah. Boom. Six. Done. Yep. And then but he like, dies, and then he becomes Mister Hyde. So it doesn't matter that I'm in hero mode, and he would normally attack. He just schemes. He schemes. Yep. yep. Now, how many, how many main schemes does a sudden plus six just oh. flip? In like, solo, you can't do this in solo. You're done. That. Right, a lot in solo. Yeah, yeah, because you've like, all at this point you've already had at least one threat on the scheme. More if there's acceleration icons. Yeah, I mean this. I mean, I love the villains. You know that, gentlemen. But this could just be if like if he's in play, he schemes. And it's bad and, and it's bad enough. Yeah, thinking like Claw's first scheme is a six, his second is an eight. Crossbones like, are all like three, five, six or something. Three, six, five. Like, yeah. Crossbones. like yeah. Rhino, it's yep. insta-kill. Yeah. So I guess yep. I guess this is the game's way of saying do not let Zabo stay in front of you. <laughs> Yay, right. yeah. Like right. kill him. And yeah, Mr. Hyde's worse, but this is this is game over. Like this could be game over fifty percent of the time it's drawn. Like if you're in the second main, if you're in the second main scheme, forget it. Okay, so hold on, let's back up okay. a second and, and let's okay. look at this card one more time. So I have Calvin in front of me. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna do each sentence one at a time. Calvin is in play. He schemes for plus three. Okay. For some okay. reason, I haven't lost the game. He then takes four damage. Dies. Dies. When Calvin dies, he's defeated. Right. Okay. Correct. Hey, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. You you finish an effect before you do another effect. Okay. That's because I was going to say Calvin dies. I put hide out and then says, if Mr. Hyde is in play, <laughs> he attacks. like you don't get both. No. no. Okay. No, you have to, you have to resolve the first before you start resolving the second. Okay. Okay. So he schemes and takes himself out to turn into his alter ego. God. And if not, Hyde gets tough. And then he, he hits you for three. He attacks for three. Yeah, even so. when you've run away to Aunt May's house. Yes, even in Alter Ego. So, oh, <laughs> this is That's so good. fun. It's a good card. Oh my goodness! You just pray you get this boost. <laughs> yes, you are hoping it's a boost. Yeah. All right. So, if you're one of those rare people that can cancel a treachery, <laughs> this is. That's why I get rid of just, way better than I would. Yeah, definitely canceling this over Shadow of the Past. Oh God, yeah. Every like time. if I'm Spider Man holding on to that card, like I'll just leave it in my hand for seven, eight turns. I don't care. Yep. Like this has got. Who else can do it? What are uh, our cancel treads? Scarlet Witch, right? Scarlet Witch. Uh, yeah. Our mystics. Our mystics can do it. Spider Man. Ghost Spider. The ally. What's her face? Black Widow. Black Widow, right. And um, Adam Warlock can do it, but he has to gamble. 
He has to know it's coming. Few out there, but yeah. Wow. Oh, right. He has to play Cosmic Awareness, and then it has to trigger. (laughs) Any card that lets you scry the deck and, like, reset or do whatever, that'll be helpful as well. Right? Guys, I wish... You can move it to the boost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Falcon. I wish Mustafa was here. He'd love this set. Yeah. I'm trying to think what he could complain about. I guess he'd make a big deal about the one uh, boost on this card. I'm I'm going to play it or Moose Phone when we're done. Okay, great. Well, we got one more card. There's actually the side scheme that comes with it. Self-experimentation. That makes sense. That's a great idea. When revealed, search the encounter deck and discard pile for Mr. Hyde and reveal him. That's important. Shuffle. Forced interrupt. When a brute enemy would take any amount of damage, remove that much threat from this scheme instead. And it's five per player. It's awesome. Oh my god. You'll so that when the three of us are playing and he comes out, he has twenty five hit points. Yep. Oh, and two boost icons, by the way. Oh, right. Right? He's got twenty five health effectively then. Yeah. Right. Yep. And you can't get rid of him till that's that's out. This whole mod set, Steve, should not be power six. I don't know what seven, eight, and nine are gonna be about, but <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. This is bonkers. Uh, well, and this will combo when you're playing with other brutes too, like uh, Rhino. It gives Rhino health. So even if, um, oh, yeah. even if Hyde's dead, right or not? Oh, I guess Hyde comes out, so he's going to be out. But um, and he can't be dead, right? Uh, oh my God! He, you could make such a, a yeah, you could make a brute force. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Isn't the Wrecking Crew all brutes? I believe so. Yeah, yeah you could have a lot of, of fun with multiple uh, modular sets. At least in the the modular set that came with the hood, they're all brutes. Haven't people been talking about an achievement? <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. So you set up three or four modular sets, each with a minion that has brute, including this mod set. So here you go. Rhino with four modular sets. I have to add something to that. Including this. All right. Yeah, and Mike, I'm really curious how you're going to Mustafa this one. Okay. This set works awesome when you're playing the hood, and it's the first set you shuffle in. It's four cards. All these yeah, cards up work awesome together. You're not mm-hmm. drawing all four cards. What happens if you're drawing them as boost? A one, a three, a one, and a two. That's it. Yeah, but that's fair, dude. I... No, this set needs at least one of these cards to say reveal this card it needs it i maybe i'm not sure i agree i just think these are all so brutal uh i played it a couple times and i was were you underwhelmed i was underwhelmed because the synergies did not happen as much as i was hoping to oh interesting okay the hide formula surged Self-experimentation did come out, and that was great. Um, so it did give Mr. Hyde more health. That was the only combo that happened. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Hyde was did was not in play when I drew Calvin Zabo. And it just because at least half your cards, you know, if you're playing normally and not some odd sure. villain or hero combo, half your cards <laughs> are going to come out as boost. So it really nerfs the power of this deck. I guess, but boy, when it works, though? Oh. Yeah. That's why I wanted one of these cards to say when just special boost reveal this card. Yeah, I think if you can get one of them out, the rest of them can really like can get the combos going. Exactly. You have to get one out. 
and it has to be early enough. Self-experimentation gets hide, right? Yeah. So he comes out, and then if he's out and the formula hits, at least he does a thing. So, I mean, there's, there is a little bit of that. Yeah. I just think these things are so devastating that... Okay, but Daniel, that, that challenge you just mentioned yeah. falls on its face if you don't reveal self-experimentation. Okay, so add that to the challenge. It starts in play. That's true. It starts in play. How about every time you move to a new villain stage, you draw the deck, you draw the card out of the deck. Love it. There you go. It's like an environment card. Exactly. Not, yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, maybe thematically, it makes sense. Like, the guy wasn't all that great in the comics. <laughs> but when he did something extravagant on those rare occasions, it was pretty substantial. Yeah. And so maybe that kind of mirrors this, right? Like, yeah, you might play the hood three, four games in a row, and it doesn't quite fire. But on the game where it kind of does, you're like, well, I couldn't deal with that, right? Because yeah. if this thing hits, it sings. I want to know. I want to know from our guests if, uh, yeah, what they think of this set. If it's, if they think it's a little, if, if the cards don't combo as often, or if they think it's just really punishing. I really like to hear because everyone plays differently, right? And they expect different things out of their modular set. So I kind of want to get a feel for what the community thinks about this. Steve, have you played with Hyde? Uh, yeah, a couple times. Does uh, your I've experience had, echo, Mike's? I've had, I've had hit and I've had miss. And when it hits, oh, it hits hard. So, <laughs> um, that it yeah. does. I think that's the point of it. It's like a looming threat that, you know, the mad scientist can get his schemes right. Yeah. If they just sort of come up as boost cards, you're like, oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> I'll take a three boost instead. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, right. uh, Daniel, do you have a rating for this before we tell the people how to find us? Oh, I do need to grade this. Okay. Ah, this one's tricky because what, you know, what Mike was saying, what you were saying, Steve, that, like, you know, if it doesn't really fire, it's not like it's a dud, but it's just not as exciting. Right. So I'm going to give it the, when it works grade of a plus and, like the version of it in Mike's gameplays, a C. Oof. Okay. Because I like, yeah, these cards independently, I, I don't know, Mr. Hyde's baller no matter what, but if you just spend a whole game of just drawing boost icons with the set, that's yeah. disappointing. Okay. At, at the risk of, <laughs> of going against my previous statement, I'm going to give this set an A because it is so wonderfully thematic. Oh, it's beautiful. And Steve kind of alluded to this. It plays mind games on you. And I think if this set forces you to play differently and live in fear, <laughs> then maybe there's some value in that, even if it doesn't come out. Maybe you're... No, I'm just saying A+, plus, no C anymore. Thanks, Mike. Because just... it's what I felt from the get-go, and then you talked me out of it. Oh, when I talked you into it again? Now you talked me into it. So thank you for bringing me back around to where I started. <laughs> <laughs> this is an A-plus set, folks. Beautiful. Daniel, your rating's like uh, split personality. I know, right? Yeah. It's the duality right. that I love in you. How wonderfully thematic. I mean, right? <laughs> All right. Well, now we have a really fun segment. You guys remember we started a contest with one of our friends of the show, Board Game Lawyer. You guys remember that? I recall uh, something we... of it. That was a yes. long time ago. Wait, no, in this time. In this timeline, it was recent. Yeah, it was only two weeks ago, I believe, in this timeline. And, well, Bill's back, and we're going to read some submissions and pick some winners, right? Or I guess a winner. 
Welcome back, Bill. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Thanks for having me back. Fantastic. Yeah, I noticed you made some changes around here since I've... Well, you're always welcome back to the lair if you bring gifts like this. Yeah. And uh, so what happened to the sharks? I noticed I'm not seeing any sharks around. Oh, I uh, I sent them into space, and now they're star sharks. So. Gotcha. Okay. All it was right. pretty cool to watch. It's win-win, yeah. really. Yeah, we needed yeah. some extra space, and okay. you know, off they go. Yeah, I noticed a few changes, so yeah, it looks good. Thanks. So uh, before we get started with the contest results, guys, can I ask you a question? Here, last, I think I misplaced my wallet. You guys didn't find my wallet laying anywhere, did you? Not a bit. Nope. No, wasn't I, here. Okay. Yeah. I, I knew I had mm-hmm. it when I came mm-hmm. here, but it may have fallen out of my pocket when we left all, with all the commotion. I don't know which one of you blindfolded me, but it was really, really tight. Who, who's the blindfold guy around here? Oh, that's, oh, that's Steve. Yeah. Blindfolds, Steve. Rope, okay. I, I figured duct tape, whatever Steve. you need. Yeah, yeah. or whatever you need. Know, dropped me off at the bus station. That's when I realized that um, my wallet was missing. So I'm, I miss. Yeah, yeah. I, I misunderstood. Huh, I thought mystery. you guys were gonna buy my bus ticket, but anyway, so I didn't have any money on me. I had to hitchhike home. No worries. So, Bill, what do you got in the box there? So I brought with me the box of sinister motives for the giveaway. Yeah, here it is. Well, that's really nice of you to bring it over here to leave in the lair, Bill. Still has plastic on it, so I haven't taken anything out of it. It's all in one piece. I mean, this is for us, right, Steve? No, it's not for us. It's not for us. It's for our loyal minion listeners. Oh, I guess that's cool. So what we had done was we asked our listeners to uh, tell us what the connection between Radioactive Man and Spectrum was. Because he is her nemesis, and we couldn't find one, and they delivered, right, Bill? They uh, they sent in a whole bunch of submissions, and you picked a whole bunch that you liked without knowing who submitted them, and we're going to read a bunch of those, aren't we? That's the yeah. plan, right? Yes, these were really hard to pick from. Actually, there were so many nice submissions here. Yeah. Well, why don't you uh, why don't you give us the first submission that you chose? Why don't we read sure. it? Sure. Uh, so this first one here, I have no idea who submitted these. So I'll just read this first one here. It says that Chin Lu was your normal everyday Radio Shack manager just living his best life when Monica Rambo barged into his store. At this point, she was going by Spectrum as she'd been offered a lucrative branding deal from Spectrum Cable to peddle her wares. On seeing this Radio Shack had no Spectrum products to offer, she proceeded to go gamma form and demolish everything in sight. Chin did what he could to protect the customers and products, but was no match for Spectrum's might, nor the might of America's second best cable provider. He was no, no, it's the second biggest, oh, second, not second, second best. Big. I have Spectrum, so <laughs> second biggest cable provider. He was left a smoldering husk. The radiation from Spectrum's gamma form infusing into his body turned him into radioactive man, which, due to a cease and nope. No, no, no. Radi- Radio Shactive. Radio Shactive Man, how clever. Which, due to a cease and desist letter, <laughs> he later, later changed to Radioactive Man. And though his name changed, his purpose did not. He would find Spectrum or whatever brand name she was going by at that point and bring her to justice. Oh my god, that's <laughs> great. That good that's good. Yeah. I like that one. Radio Shack. Radio Shackative man. man. You had to be careful with that. Yeah. 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 Oh wow. Well, Steve, what's another one? The easy answer is that Radioactive Man obviously connects to Spectrum's gamma form 
And it does. But the real answer is this. Monica was hanging out at a Bahama Bucks. Monica was drinking her typical health sludge, as heroes do. As a typical hero, she ignored everyone around, seeing her as more important than everyone else. Not even realizing someone was in the way, she walked directly into Chen Lu and spilled her health drink all over him. Deciding he was in the wrong, she quickly flipped the gamma form, and the one damage from this flip caused a radioactive reaction that merged Chen's body with Bahama Buck's secret kiwi protein grassweed drink. Mm. Chen now wanders the earth, forever smelling like radioactive kiwis, and it's all Spectrum's <laughs> fault. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that would... uh, Nice. I, I don't think I like kiwi protein grassweed drinks, so that would that would Oof. definitely make someone mind nemesis. Right. Yeah, yeah. All right, watch out, radioactive man! Things are about to get crazy. Spectrum's alter ego is Monica Rambeau, who in the MCU is portrayed by Tanoya Paris. Now, Tiana Paris and Kat Dennings are both in WandaVision. Kat Dennings is also in the Simpsons episode, Mrs. Lisa's Opus. That's season 29, episode 8, of course. Lisa is the crush of Millhouse Van Houten, who ends up playing Fallout Boy, Radioactive Man's sidekick. But Spectrum is jealous that Millhouse gets that part instead of her. Wait. No, that's Bart, not Spectrum. I still think it's probably why she's the nemesis. She's a pretty hero that is jealous of Radioactive Man's powers, similar to Bart being jealous of Milhouse. Uh, I see that. I see that. That is so good. That is. Wow. Well researched. (laughs) Seven degrees of Radioactive Man. I love it. Yeah. That's a great connection. All right. (laughs) Okay. That was good stuff. Spectrum used to have four energy forms, gamma, photon, pulsar, and radioactive. However, radioactive form only gave her plus two recover, and flipping to it did one damage to each character you controlled, so it never really got used. Relegated to the sidelines, radioactive form had to constantly watch gamma and photon form continue to smash faces and stop villain schemes respectively, and even saw pulsar form save the life of Spectrum on many occasions. So one rainy day, radioactive form decided to run away and start a life of their own. However, while wandering the city streets on their own, radioactive form was bit by a normal man. Thus, radioactive form got all the powers of a man, the arms of a man, the bald head of a man, and the tank top with a star logo on it of a man. At that point, he no longer needed Spectrum. He would show Spectrum just how powerful and cool radioactive form could be. Spectrum and the whole world would know his name. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. Bill, I get why you picked these four. They're fantastic. I I love that radioactive form is bit by a normal man. (laughs) That was good. I love it. In fact, all of the submissions were great. I was cracking up reading all of them. So thanks for sharing those with me. And hopefully we can share those too at some point with the audience. Yes. I'll make them public to the the listening audience. I have to do that with the other ones too. Well, I'll get there. (laughs) So. Uh, so what we're going to do now, right, is we're going to randomly choose. Now, I have revealed who submitted these. Mm-hmm. And one of the submissions, the one I read, actually, the person, when we asked, how do we contact you, just wrote, wouldn't you like to know? So we're going <laughs> to take that one out of the running. <laughs> um, so we're down to three. And that's uh, Jimmy D. Tiberil. How do you say that? Tiberly? Tiberly? Tiberly or Tiberl. I like Tiberl too. Tiberl. And Aaron B. So. Okay. uh, So we're going to roll a D3. Daniel's all set. Ready to go. You ready to go? 
Yeah, let's Our do magic it. magic number is... Is the one I read. Watch out, radioactive, radioactive man. Things are about to get crazy. This is the Simpsons reference uh, oh. one. From so that is uh, that's the bird right. or Temperley. Yeah, yes. congratulations. congratulations. Really nice. I like that. Yay. One. I like that one a lot. So great. Especially the way your radioactive yeah. man issue started yeah, no with us. So, so. Um, so reach out to us. We'll reach out to you, and we will get some information sent to Bill so he can send yeah, you the Sinister Motors box. Awesome. Bill, thank you. This was an act of generosity. An act of generosity, not so villainous, Absolutely. but much appreciated nonetheless. Yeah, It was Thanks, a lot Bill, of fun. For you guys let me awesome. hang out with you guys, and this is the very least I could do. I appreciate all you, all you guys do. Cheers, man. Thank you so much. Always look forward to your episodes, guys, so thanks again. Oh, thank you. Cheers. See you again, man. Cheers. All right, Mike, how do the folks get a hold of us? Hey, folks, uh, when was the last time you ever read about a formula in a book and then just decided to whip it up in your cush- in your kitchen and then drink it? What did it do to you? How did it taste? Let us know. Email us at criticalencounterspod at gmail.com. We are Critical Encounters on Facebook, and you can find us on YouTube by searching for Critical Encounters Podcast. Yes, as MCM so kindly noted, we have Critical Encounters in all of our names to make us easy to find. And on Discord, we are Vardane, Big Fun Loaf, and Wandering Tuke. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Uh, Mr. Calvin? Hide Zabel? Uh, whatever one you are, take us out. I became what I always wanted! How would... Wait... How would we have known Future Steve showed up, Mike? Because I asked him to. <laughs> It'll so work. We should, we should intro that. I did, didn't I? Earlier mm. in the show, I said we should hear from Future Steve. Yeah. And Future oh, Steve. Oh, then he comes in there. But then, okay, you said know. that, but you would have no idea that he showed up because you're still in the past. Well, he came to our, our present from the future. When Marty McFly went to the past, the other people saw him. <laughs> it's, it's, it's physics. It's physics, man. It's Marvel ty- rules of time travel. Yeah, six one six, baby. Whatever works no. for the current issue is how it works. Ten, twenty, thirty. Yeah, it made out pretty good. Sucker. <laughs>